tracking that stat helps me to let winners run. And it also helps me to back away from the market and take tighter gains when things aren't working, when the, the market is choppy. This is the How to Trade Stocks Options Podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Are you ready to effortlessly take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes a day? Well, the 10-minute trading room is exactly what you've been looking for. Head to 10-minute trading room right now to learn more and trade alongside us inside the 10-minute trading room. Be sure to like, subscribe, and watch all of our past episodes. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today, we have a special guest, one of my friends, Mike Lamoth. We hadn't had a chance to talk in a couple months, and since then, he went away and came back with a 300-page book all about trading. And Mike... I am super stoked to have you on the line here. Uh, Mike's new book is called The Trading Mind Wheel and comes out on April 4th. And you'll be able to pick this up. Mike was saying basically everywhere on earth. So Mike, that's super exciting. <laughs> Thanks for uh, coming back on today. Thanks for making the time to to, to chat about this. Yeah, thanks so much. It's uh, it's very, very exciting, very surreal. And I'm thrilled to be here to talk with you a bit. Yeah, so so give me some of the background. Um, you know, we've chatted many times in the past, and you've written uh, a previous book. The uh, oh, tell me what was it called again? The the Mara, <laughs> the Mara Mind Shift Guide. That was it. What I yeah. really enjoyed about that one was I I don't remember exactly where it was, but within the first opening pages or chapters, the question was asked, "Why do you trade?" And I remember specifically having that conversation with you because I never sat down and actually thought about uh, about that question is why do I mm. trade? Because it was sure not making any money the first several years of trading. Not at all. In fact, I don't even know why I traded for a long time. Mm. But it had to do with the love of the game, right? Like when uh, when little boys are playing basketball out in the front yard, they're not paying because they're playing because they're getting paid. They're playing because they love the game. And for me, that 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 was what kept me through trading for the longest time, even though I wasn't making any money as I just enjoyed the game aspect of it. So mm. I really appreciated that about your first book, but now we're talking about the trading mind wheel. Yes. What exactly is a trading mind wheel there, Mike? Uh, so uh, as I, as I gained experience the, through, uh, through all the years, I, I've been trading now for about 25 years uh, and uh, the, there's really uh, eight, uh, what I would consider eight essential skills for trading, and uh, they're kind of siloed. So I thought that I would put them all together in one book and uh, show how mindset links all of them. And that, that's where the idea of the mind wheel comes from, because uh, at the center of the of the book, uh, at the center of the wheel is mindset. Mindset is the axle that connects all the other um, skills together. So that that was the the premise of the book. Um, the reason for it is to really provide a, a different insight into how all these skills are, what the skills uh, are needed, and to give people a head start on how to uh, begin developing these different skills. Because, well, what happened to me for so long was that I decided that I wanted to uh, get involved into trading and I wanted to 
basically win the Tour de France by jumping on a broken, rusted bicycle with square tires mm -hmm. without knowing it. So uh, what the trading mind wheel does is it helps you, one, identify what kind of bike you have, two, helps you identify all the different skills that are required, and then you could have a fully functioning wheel that's nice and round and helping you roll down the path of success. So this came from personal experience then? It came from personal experience. It came from uh, coaches and mentors. It came from a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, and it, anecd uh, anecdotally too, from studying uh, masters, from studying guys like William O'Neill, Mark Minervini, Nicholas Darvis, Jesse Livermore, um, all of whom are mentioned in the book, to uh, years of study, uh, my own analysis. Uh, and yeah, that, that's, that's basically it. So, so what are the parts of the spoke? Mm. Where, what, uh, looking at the spoke here, it looks like you've got a, you know, your brain in the middle and then maybe now I'm just going to guess based on this, maybe some analysis, some money management, not even sure bulls and bear markets, more money <laughs> and then journaling. Yes. Where am yes, I at sir. here? I'm sure I'm far off of that, but but what are the spokes? Uh, yeah, you're not too far off. So uh, first, it, it first is journaling, right? Uh, I, I would uh, go with journaling first, uh, and the reason why journaling first, and I would see journaling as one of the most underrated skills in trading. Um, and the reason why is because it's not a sexy topic. <laughs> right? Like, uh, who wants to be sitting there doing data entry or writing in a journal or uh, doing spreadsheets? Uh, like, most people aren't interested in that. But uh, it's with journaling that we're able to uh, create uh, a mechanism where we can continuously improve, see what, see where we're at, and basically start to develop the map that will show us where we are on the map, where we want to go, and build the path to get there. Mm -hmm. If we do not have good journaling skills, then that makes that process uh, a lot harder. And uh, that that's something that uh, I had learned the, the hard way. Mo most of the skills in this book, I learned the hard way. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad that that's where it starts. Because I advocate for that all the time. I, I keep mm. meticulous notes of every trade I make. And when I share that with people, they're like, oh, what a pain. Yeah, it is a pain. But you know what's not a pain is going back six months from now saying, what worked? What didn't work? Why did it work? Why did it not work? And then learning and adapting and saying, oh, okay, if I did this thing, I would have had more profits. If I did that thing, I would have had a smaller loss, whatever the, whatever that, that uh, grouping is. But the fact that you've got that first is, in my opinion, one of the most paramount things that anyone can do, even if you've never traded a damn thing in your life before, if you say, I bought Tesla at 600 and I got out of Tesla at 601, right? May, that was a successful trade, but can you, uh, can you quantify, can you articulate why you got in, why you got out? What was your entry signal? What was your exit signal? What did you learn from it? How can you improve upon it for the next trade? That's a sign of a, uh, that's the sign of a true professional, right? Henry Ford just didn't show up one day and it's like, make some Model Ts. I don't know. Mm -hmm. No, he wrote every bit of that down. He or the engineers figured it out step by step, process by process, putting all the pieces together in a certain way so that they had an assembly line for the first time ever. 
and created uh, mass-produced automobiles, right? And if you want to create mass-produced profits, if you want to think mm. of it that way, if you want to translate those, that's how you got to do it. It doesn't just happen automatically. Success takes effort. Nobody got uh, one of my favorite quotes. I don't know who said it, but I'm going to claim it for my own. Nobody got successful um, accidentally. Mm. Uh, <laughs> exactly. does not happen on accident. Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, and uh, you have such a positive mindset about journaling. And uh, th this is uh, a core concept of the book. That I, like, So because you have a positive mindset, positive beliefs about journaling and can see where it helps to lead you to, you have no problem at all journaling regularly, journaling consistently, journaling well. Whereas somebody that doesn't have those beliefs yet won't be able to do it. Yeah. So, and it doesn't, so that, it doesn't have to be flowery language or anything difficult either. There's, yeah, no, not at I, all. You can just put in like entry and exit points. Uh, one thing I have been doing lately is writing just like a quick, how did I feel, right? Mm. Follow the plan. That That's a lot of things. Follow the plan. Or sometimes it's like bummed out or maybe it was a trading error and I realized that after the fact, oh, trading error, I did this. I'm not going to let that happen again, right? Just a quick blurb. It doesn't have to be a diary. Right? You don't have to say, like, dear diary, I sucked <laughs> at trading today. Man, am I the worst. No, just like, it's it, for me, it's more data points. Data mm. points with a quick blurb. And how, how would you recommend people journal? Well, the, there's a few different ways that, that people could journal, right? So, so I actually started out with something that actually looked kind of like this, right? like a spiral notebook. Um, I got away from that. Then I was at one point I was um, printing out screenshots and keeping it in a binder like this. Mm, yeah. Then I went to the spreadsheets. Then I went to software. Uh, and then I eventually came full circle. And what I'm doing now, uh, I've got my own spreadsheet where uh, I'm tracking everything in the spreadsheet. And the reason why I like, uh, it's actually a Google sheet that, uh, that I'm using now. Mm -hmm. The reason why I prefer that to other methods is because if I want to start tracking a new data point, all I have to do is just add a column. If there's something else that I want to calculate, I just add the formula. I could run a pivot table. Uh, like it, It's just much more manipulatable. Yeah. I also use Google Sheets, uh, but I, I, I didn't think about the point that if, if I wanted to add more data points, all I do is add a new column and just go for it. I like that. That's smart. Right. Yeah. Like uh, I was on a conference, uh, uh, Jason Greystone's conference, uh, I think it was two years ago. Uh, I uh, One of the speakers there, his name was uh, Siam Kid. He was talking about uh, high watermarks in trading and to uh, track those. And so I started thinking, well, well, what's a high watermark? So when you're in a trade and the trade gets to a certain high level while you're in it uh, and then starts to back off, if you're tr actively tracking that, then that's an extra data point that you can uh, use to start to, to determine when is it a good time for you to exit a trade. So if you start to see over time that your trades are getting higher and higher high watermarks, then it, it could be a sign that you should be holding on longer. If you start to see your high watermark decreasing over time, then you would want to start taking out uh, your trades sooner. For 
a trader like myself who is a swing trader and my average holding period on a winner tends to be about 20 days, uh, seeing tracking that stat helps me to uh, let winners run. And it also helps me to back away from the market and take tighter gains when things aren't working, when the, the market is choppy. Hmm. I've actually interviewed him before. I remember uh, talking to him in the past. He is a, a big fan of the uh, Age of Empires games, like myself. So we kind mm. of bonded over that. Um, uh, very cool. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, what are some of the other spokes of the wheel? All right, so uh, the next one uh, gets into analysis. And so I break analysis into uh, trade analysis and market analysis. And so uh, the reason why that's the next spoke and it comes after journaling is because once we start to figure out the different types of things we want to analyze, then we could take those data points and put them into the, the journal. Right? Like we want to have our journal set up first and then all these things are not meant to be siloed, they're meant to all work together. Um, and so as we start to figure out, okay, I want to track... Um, Let's say I want to track uh, certain market conditions. I want to track uh, the major indexes. I want to track how they're doing on monthly timeframes, weekly timeframes, daily timeframes, track direction. Um, and let's say I want to track uh, the number of stocks making new highs and new lows. These are a handful of things that I, that I track. So I can then take that and plop that into the journal and start to track those data points. Um, so when you say it's analysis, is it it's is it analysis on the trades you've done or analysis on 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 what exactly? Since that's the next spoke, what, when you say analysis, uh, very what, good. Are we, what are we analyzing here? Uh, very good. So at this stage, I would be looking at analyzing the market overall, and I would be looking at analyzing individual trades that I am looking to take. Right, so like developing a screening process, mm -hmm. uh, kind of like uh, if you were to picture a filter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a great visual because literally that's how I trade. Is I I call it like a funnel, where it's like mm -hmm. you've got um, five hundred yeah, stocks perfect. in the market, and you're just whittling it down to the only ones that you are going to trade. I mean, that's exactly, precisely the way that I trade. Interesting, you say that. Oh, that's great. And I love that little uh, thing at the bottom there. It kind of looked like Pac-Man getting ready to, to eat the trade. Well, okay, okay, on that. So this is how we trade. And it's it's we start with the market. Fine, mm -hmm. is the market bullish or bearish? And then we go run a scanner on the charts. Then we look at relative strength. How did these stack up to each other and to the market? And then we backtest those. And I say I like to have my, my strategy and my stock click together for positive expectancy. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure it has the liquidity that you want to get into. Then lastly, position size. In my opinion, the most important of all of these, because CRDO, in my opinion, was a great exercise for people to learn how important position mm. sizing is. And I think you even were tweeting about that one. I think I saw that. Uh, yeah. Give me a second here. I'm going to pull up that chart. I think CRDO is one of the best examples of why position sizing matters more than maybe any, maybe not anything, but... Hang on. Uh, I gotta clean up my chart real quick. Yeah, yeah. Go I got ahead. I got too much junk on here. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that happens to me a lot too. Got too much junk on here. Uh, let's say 10, 20, 50. All right, and let's go to the daily. Right, you can't control this move that happened after hours. But you right. can control the fact of how big of a position you had. Mm-hmm. And even though, let's say that that was uh, 10% of your account, and it dropped by 50%. At max, that means it really was only a 5% hit to your account. Which sucks, but at the same point, it's survivable. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think that that is a great example of why position sizing is so important. Uh, but to your point, anyway, you've got to have some sort of criteria to find trades, right? People want to look at at people like you or me or Minervini or, or, or other people who have a, a presence in social media and like, feed it to me. Mm. Tell me what to do. In my opinion, if you don't understand how to take the market and break it down all the way to a single stock, you've still got a long way to go before you're ready to go out trading on your own. Is that where you're going with that or what? Um, well, uh, that's part of it, but you you also mentioned in there some key things about um, trade management. Uh, I think that that's actually uh, CRDO is a great segue into trade management, and that's uh, one of the things that I started to tweet about when that stock came out. So trade management, having ways to multiple ways to exit trades, right? I like to have four ways to exit oh, trades. Okay. All right. So. The, the first one is the stop loss, right? Like that, that's like putting your seatbelt on, like God forbid you're in a crash. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, you might, uh, your car might take a hit, but hopefully you'll be okay. So stop loss is important. The next three all have to do with locking in profits. So the first one is your profit targets. And I use the word targets purposefully as plural. The way that I like to take profits uh, is as follows. I like to take off uh, a little bit about 10% of the position when I've made uh, one times my risk. So if you're risking a dollar, you take off 10%, you said, after you've already got to a dollar? Made a dollar. Okay. Then when I've made uh, my average gain or twice my risk. So $2 uh, at this point, right? Yep. Okay. Then I'm taking off half the trade. So at that point it'll be 40%. So okay. so I'm I've made twice my risk. I'm out of half the trade. Now, this is where the high watermark thing came comes into play that we spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. I'll let the last half of the trade run to the high watermark that that I've had over the past uh 10 trades. Over the past 10 trades or over the past month depending uh which one as uh, is closer. Uh, once it gets to the average high watermark, then I'll take off a quarter. And then that last quarter is meant to extend the high watermark because that's the only way that I'll know what the new high watermark is going to be. I have to have a piece left. So I'm taking off at the highest point and the letting the rest go. Interesting. Okay. Um, what do you do in the meantime when, like, let's say, Let's say you've captured your dollar mm-hmm. and then it goes to like a buck 20 and then it starts mm-hmm. to, to float back down. Yeah. So as the trade is progressing, and this is also in the trade management part, um, my first objective and the, the way that I look at trades are 
there is the open game, the mid game, and the end game, kind of like chess. Mm -hmm. So in the open, objective is to get risk off the table ASAP. And the way that I do that is by progressively raising my stop uh, to either below a whole number, below the 10-day exponential moving average, and below a daily low. Mm-hmm. And the reason, uh, the it's way that I that came I, up with... I do at least two of those. <laughs> I, 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 I want to make sure that it has all three. work together. <laughs> I have a couple other things I look at, but two of those are exactly what you just said. And so, so I uh, want to make sure that all three of those are uh, in place for me to raise the backstop below that level. And the reason why, and this comes up in later chapters where we talk about uh, backtesting and post-analysis, right? And I wouldn't be able to do the post-analysis if it wasn't for the journaling. So this is how all this stuff starts to, to come together. So I went back and looked through all my prior trades to see how could I take money off the table faster without knocking myself out of a huge winner. Mm-hmm. And in 95% of cases, managing my stop at the open, and the open, again, is um, getting the risk off the table. So when the stop is at break even, then that's it. That, that's the end of the open end. We're moving into the mid game. I think that's the, the mark of a real professional is how quickly can I eliminate all of my risk? Yeah. Now, granted, there, there's gap risks and, and you know things that we can't control. But let's say we're doing normal trade management on a normal trade. Mm-hmm. How fast can I get this to profit and not let that profit go away? Because, Mike, I had the realization... And it, it was uh, it was uh, something Mark put out, uh, Minervini put mm. out, and right. it was the fact that if you position size correctly, you can have fifteen trades, all every single one of them stop you out, mm-hmm. and your account may be down five percent total. Yeah, most people when they hear that they're like, fifteen trades. If I can't win on fifteen trades, like plus they're putting their entire account into every trade. If I can't win on those fifteen trades, then then I clearly don't know what I'm doing. But Mike, Mike. I mean, I've I've had 15 trade losing streaks and it sucks. But at the same time, you know, if you position size correctly, it might be 70 basis points in your account. It might be 1.2% of your mm. account. The point is to survive. Uh, but you can't it, survive if you just take these huge losses. You'll never survive. That's the way the math works is that losers work against you greater than your winners work for you. That's the math behind it. And in there, you're mentioning uh, what I consider the uh, the testing skill, uh, which incorporates factor modeling. It incorporates back testing and forward testing. Right. So, if you understand your system well, right, and it so well, what's a what's a system? A system is the edge that we trade with. Uh, so you can. Get that in a variety of ways. You could cook it up yourself. Well, what I recommend for most of us, like none of us need to reinvent the wheel. We can find somebody else's system that we like that tends to work well for us. And then over time, uh, learn how to customize it to fit our ourselves. That's what that's what I've done. That's what Minervini's done. That's what O'Neill did. That's what uh, everybody's basically done to one degree or another there's mm-hmm. nothing new under the sun as yeah. david ryan also says too <laughs> but uh, yeah. a david ryan quote is also um a winning horse doesn't back up into the gate 
And yeah. I think that that's a perfect reason why if you got a trade that's going to work, you should pull that up to break even ASAP. I don't know why, but YouTube took mm. me down a rabbit hole one day and I got into this like Forex trading world and there's so much garbage out there. So much garbage out there from quote Forex experts. And I, I don't know why, but there was like this whole list of videos talking about never raise your, your stop, never raise your stop, never raise your stop. And I'm like, what fool never raises his stop? Are you telling me that I'm putting on the trade with this amount of risk and I never want to take less risk? I never mm. want the trade to tell me it's not working. I want to go up and then get stopped out over and over. No, you want to race that as fast as humanly possible. Huh, I just that that one took me for a loop. And so I'm I'm, I'm glad you mentioned raising your stop because I, I think that is a critical skill that traders should have. And I'll tell you what, if a lot of people figured that out uh, in 20 and 2021, they wouldn't have been hurting yeah. like they did in 2022. 2022 was uh, pretty brutal for a lot of people. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, and uh, and well, what I'm trying to say well, with this book, too, is that like people don't need to necessarily trade the, the exact way that I do. Uh, but there are uh, different skills that need to be learned, and each one of these skills can be learned in their own way. As people learn their system, right? Like even uh, take like a long-term person, like Warren Buffett, right? Like he's he might be analyzing different things that I'm analyzing and managing positions in a different way that I'm uh, managing them. But at the end of the day, these uh, same skills are going to be used by any market participant mm -hmm. you've got to figure out what works for you and your personality and and i think that using the wheel the mind wheel is a great place to learn how to do that so mike mm -hmm. you were saying that this book comes out april 4th everywhere right everywhere you could get it on amazon barnes and noble walmart target you name it, it's it's available for, for pre-ordering right now. And uh, what people could also do if they do pre-order, uh, send the receipt to tradingmindwheel.com because we have a bunch of bonuses for people that pre-order the book. The first bonus is a virtual conference that we're going to be holding on April 4th. So if you pre-order the book, you'll be able to attend that virtual conference. It's a full-day conference. And uh, you'll be able to access the recording of it, too. So go check out TradingMindWheel.com. It, uh, it has everything about the book and where to get it and everything else that you need to know. Can you order the book from TradingMindWheel.com? Uh, there's links to Amazon oh, and perfect. all those other places. So nice. people would go order there, then submit the receipt, submit a screenshot. And so uh, how long is that, that deal good for? in order to take advantage of your your uh, your bonuses there. Yeah, until the, the conference, right? So the conference will be live uh, on April 4th. So um, if people uh, buy the book before then, they'll be able to get into the conference. If they buy the book after then, then they'll be able to access the, the recording. Uh, oh, cool. And Yeah, that, that's what yeah, I was asking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then there, there's other bonuses on there too. Like a lot of the speakers are giving things away. Um, if depending on how many books people buy, we're doing uh, a live thing in New York City uh, with dinner with, with uh, myself and several of the speakers. So uh, 
very cool stuff that we've got in store. That is super cool. Well, Mike, I'm I am very excited to read this. Uh, I just got my copy today. Mike uh, graciously sent it over, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read through this, and we're gonna come back and talk to Mike here in a few weeks, and I'm gonna break down some of my favorite points. Um, I'm gonna see if I can work with the team at Benzinga maybe to see if we can get this to be part of uh, one of the Benzinga interviews that we can do with you. Uh, but yeah, the uh, I'm really grateful when real traders write books because I when I first learned how to trade, I read one particular trading book that was hot garbage and <laughs> it took me out of trading books for years. Oh my goodness. And then I came back into it years later and I was really frustrated because I was like, think of how much time and money I wasted because one, one very subpar book took me out of the equation. So Mike, I, I hope that your book reaches the right person so that they don't have that experience and that they can actually learn, start profiting from the market as quickly as possible. And if they can't profit from the market, start developing the mindset in order to make that possible. Because we all know it's going to take a lot of time to learn how to do it anyway. So you must have the right mindset to make it happen. <laughs> right. Uh, I appreciate all your help in getting the word out, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure, Mike. Um, thanks again for coming. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Hey, don't forget, head to 10minutetradingroom.com to learn how to effortlessly take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes a day and start trading right beside us in the 10-Minute Trading Room.